And a very good day. This is Pastor Mark Whelan with Touch of God. And before we start this week's program on the topic from last week, I just wanted to give out some information on how you can contact us. If you'd like to send us a prayer request, our prayer mailbox is touchofgodradio at gmail.com. That's touchofgodradio at gmail.com. You can also call us at country code 1 407 705 3151. That's 407-705-3151 with country code 1 in the beginning, okay? So we'd love to hear from you, your testimonies, your prayer requests, any questions you have about anything you've heard. We'd love to do Bible studies with you over the phone if you would like that. We are here for you. We are here for you to learn the Word of God and to know your identity in Christ. Amen because that's so important for all us believers. Amen. As we reflect today, I thought it would be good to to read through this thought. If there was no sacrifice of Jesus, if he had never gone to the cross, if he had never come to the earth, the world would never have had the choice to receive him as Lord and Savior and be free of sin and receive eternal life. Amen. So how would this look? How would it look if Jesus had never come to the earth How would it look if Jesus had never gone to the cross? Amen. Aside from the obvious judgment, eternal spiritual death at the end of our lives, according to 6.23 in Romans, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, there is also the realization of our consciences forever being stained in guilt, in condemnation and unrighteousness. We would not be cleansed in our consciences, according to 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, when we confess our sins, because there would be no blood to wash our sins away. There would be no reason to confess our sins, because there would be no hope for us. And we constantly need to just reflect on how the sacrifice of Jesus has made a way of rescue for God if we would receive Jesus as our Savior and Lord. We are all otherwise, without Christ, destined to go to the place where we deserve, uh, based on the sin that was committed by our species, and by even Adam in the Garden of Eden, according to Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. But Jesus has made a way of escape. As it says in Corinthians, Jesus came so that he may destroy the works of the enemy. Jesus came that we may have eternal life and not perish according to the Father's love for us, according to John chapter 3, verse 16. But you know, without Christ is how the lost live today. They are walking around, and the Bible says that the earth groans, awaiting the manifestation of the sons of men. The earth is groaning. People are groaning inside them. They want answers. The lost are groaning. They want rescue. But many reject God. They reject the word of God. They reject the truth. The Bible says, my people perish or destroyed for lack of knowledge. And the Bible says that it's because they reject knowledge. It's not because knowledge doesn't exist. The Bible exists. It's just people reject it. They're not set free and they are not delivered from eternal death. And so we need to minister the true gospel. Amen. The complete gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ to every soul that we see. Because that soul may not end up in heaven otherwise. We must preach this truth, amen, and love on people and tell people about the love of Christ and what Jesus has done for us. Because your testimony, as we've said before, is powerful. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. 
Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. That is the blood of Jesus. Our sins were once like scarlet, like crimson, but because of the blood of Jesus, they are washed away and we are white as snow and they are like wool. And we just thank you, Lord, today for the shed blood of your son, Jesus, at the cross of Calvary. We thank you, Lord, that we don't deserve your son to go to the cross. We don't deserve this choice. We don't deserve eternal life. But Lord, because you love us, we get to choose. We get to receive you. And Lord, we pray today that the world would not reject you, but they would embrace you and receive your free gift of eternal life and a new identity in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So in the last few weeks, we have been discussing the topic of sin and how we are now free from sin. That's the believer in Christ. The believer is now free from sin. But to remain free, we have to continue to soak ourselves in the word of God in order that the voice of our spirit man inside of us becomes louder and more dominant over the voice of our flesh and the lustful desires of our flesh that can be birthed into sin if we are not careful. So it's important for us in the fivefold ministry to, to be leading examples of this, to teach the body of Christ to live according to their new identity in Christ Jesus. If we are no different from the world, if we are no different from the lost, then how can the lost identify us in a crowd? How can we be an effective witness of Jesus? Amen. That the Lord has prepared our path before us. Amen. And it is up to us to seek the Lord and to be sensitive to his voice, sensitive to his leaning and his leading in our lives. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and again, these scriptures are from the Amplified Classic Edition. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus recreated in Christ Jesus. So you are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated. See, your old self, you were buried with Christ. Remember that. So now you have risen with Christ. You have been resurrected in Christ Jesus, but you've been recreated in him as a result of being born again. Born again, born anew, it says here in in chapter 2, verse 10 of Ephesians born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined and pre-planned and planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. So God has made very special attention to create us and create works for us good works, as now that we have been recreated in Christ Jesus, that we may do those good works which he predestined, he planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Now, these good works, if a work is good, it is good for the kingdom. You're performing good works. That means you're helping people, you're praying for people, you are telling people about Jesus, you're setting them free, amen, by the power of the Holy Spirit within you, and you're laying hands on the sick, you're seeing them recover, amen, you're raising the dead, you're casting out demons, 
you're doing good works. You may also be donating to a charity. You may be giving food to the hungry. You may be restoring sight to the blind. It's it's restoring people back to how God has created them to be. He has paid for us with a high price. He has ordained us to walk in good works, predestined, amen, so that we would go about doing good and allow Jesus in us to heal, amen, heal all those who are being oppressed by the devil, for God is with us, amen. So we are doing what Jesus' ministry on the earth is, amen. We're continuing his ministry upon the earth, according to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. But now we have the Holy Spirit within us. We have Jesus in us. Remember that Christ in you, the hope of glory, and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So we have to depend on Jesus. We cannot do these works of our own accord, amen, lest we should boast. But we have Christ in us. Jesus wants to do works through you. We have been ordained to perform good works that God has predestined for us. Amen. And so the path you are on today should be a one of seeking the Lord with all your heart, leaning not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledging him, and he is directing your paths. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. And the path you're on today is one where the Holy Spirit is leading you into divine appointments based on God's predestined path of good works for you to partake in and to execute in this life. Any problem around you, pray for people. Amen. Any problem that people are having, just pray for them. Just believe by faith that God has given you, according to the Bible, a ministry of reconciliation. So you, God wants people reconciled back to him. The sin that once separated the person in front of you from the Lord uh, does not have to separate them anymore if they would just receive Jesus in their heart. Amen. Give their life to the Lord. And instantly, the Bible says that God rescues them. He takes them, translates them from out of the powers of darkness and into the kingdom of his beloved son. But you, like we said before, you may be the only Bible that someone sees in their life. So be the living word in front of them and show them the love of Christ in any way you can. Amen. Philippians chapter 3 verse 7 to 9 it says but whatever former things i had that might have been gains to me i have come to consider as one combined loss for christ's sake now this is the letter of the apostle paul to the church at philippi amen to the philippians chapter 3 verse 7 and he is saying that anything that i might have gained i should be considering and i have come to consider as a loss for christ's sake That means nothing is more important than gaining Christ in your life. So everything else should be considered far beneath the name of Jesus in our lives. Amen. So whatever former things I had that might have been gains to me, they could be material things or friendships or anything like that. Paul says, I have come to consider as one combined loss for Christ's sake. Verse 8, yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly for his sake. 
I have lost everything, and consider it all to be mere rubbish, refuge and dregs, in order that I may win and gain Christ, the Anointed One. That is amazing. The priceless privilege of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, it says in verse 8, of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him. This is something I'm sure you will agree today, that we as believers, we as the saints, we as sons and daughters of God the Father, should take seriously every day, and it should be our aim to become more deeply and intimately acquainted with the Lord Jesus. And that comes with a couple of things, for example. It comes with praying to the Lord, seeking the Lord with all your heart, spending time with Him, amen, and reading the Word, because the Word is active and alive. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The Word is alive, and so therefore we must consume this. We must consume the goodness of the Word that is alive and wants to do a good work in your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, amen, as well as your body, bringing you physical healing. But our minds have to be renewed. They have to be updated to the truth of the Word of God. And therefore, we can realize the true character and nature of God when we read about the Lord, when we know His love, when we can connect with Him on a deeper way through time in a secret place every day in our homes, in our cars, wherever we are on our jobs. Amen. We can be thinking about the Lord while we're thinking about what we're doing. Amen. And we just thank the Lord today for allowing us to reach Him and for Him to be within us, for Him to be able to become more real to us in our hearts so that we may become more intimately acquainted with Him. Amen. Verse 8. And so if we move to verse 9, it says, And that I may actually be found and known as in Him. So if you're still wondering, am I really in Christ? If you are born again, if you are a believer, if you receive Jesus in your heart, then God has placed you in the kingdom of His beloved Son. That's in Him. And Paul says here, And that I may actually be found and known as in Him not having any self-achieved righteousness that can be called my own, based on my obedience to the law's demands, ritualistic uprightness, and supposed right standing with God thus acquired, but possessing that genuine righteousness, which comes through faith in Christ, the Anointed One, the truly right standing with God, which comes from God by saving faith. So what we read here in verse 9 is that, Paul is saying that he wants to be found as in him, in Christ, not having any self-achieved righteousness that can be called my own based on my obedience to the law's demands. So this is a reality here that we must focus on the fact that we cannot gain righteousness through any works of our own self or attending any religious legalistic or following some steps in an instruction manual at a church. We cannot gain righteousness that way. We cannot gain anything. The only thing we should be focused on is receiving Jesus and knowing that he's the anointed one. He is righteousness. He is righteousness. So when you're in him, you are the righteousness of God in him, in Christ Jesus. And you are not righteous outside of Christ. None of us are. We are unrighteous outside of Christ. 
but God has made a way to see us the way he wants to see us, and that's the only way we can be seen by the Father in that way, and it's in his Son. Amen? Because his Son did not know sin. He never knew sin. Amen? He knew temptations, but he never let it go to sin. And uh, we thank the Lord Jesus for his shed blood today. Amen? Amen. As we move on here, we need to just understand what happened at salvation because we read here about righteousness. We read here about also being in Christ. So what exactly happened at salvation? Remember, just now we were speaking about the Bible saying we have been taken out of darkness. Where does that verse come from? Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. So that is what happened at salvation. God took you. Immediately you chose him. He took you. It was your free will that chose the Lord. Now, he knew that you would end up choosing him, but you still had to make the choice. You were not controlled to make that choice. You were not forced to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But as soon as you did, the Father heard you, and he delivered you out of that darkness because you made a choice for him, and he loved you so much. His Son paid for you to be delivered from powers of darkness, and so the Father was able to deliver and draw you unto himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and into the kingdom of the son of his love john chapter 1 verse 12 but to as many as did receive and welcome him he gave the authority power privilege and right to become the children of god that is to those who believe in adhere to trust in and rely on his name This is where we understand that we have been given the privilege to become children of God. John chapter 1 verse 12. You say, well, I hear that I'm a child of God, a son of God, a daughter. How did that come about? Well, remember when you gave your life to Jesus, you didn't just get eternal life. You were given a new identity in order to be able to receive eternal life. God had to get rid of your old life, your old spirit, and recreate you in order to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, in order to be in right standing with him and to be acceptable and justified and sanctified for heaven, but also to receive an inheritance of the kingdom, amen, in the kingdom of the Son of his love, according to Colossians 1.13. So you are white as snow, amen. You no longer have stains of sin. You shouldn't have anyway. If you do, then simply... Seek the Lord and confess your sins, according to 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. And the Bible says if we confess our sins, in that verse, if we confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Remember, the washing away of sin is not a one-time-only opportunity at the altar, wherever you gave your life to Christ. It's not a one-time thing. That doesn't mean at all that we should go and sin every day because we can be cleansed every day. No, God doesn't want us to live like that. It's not good for us. God abhors sin. God cannot stand. Sin is not good for us. It's detrimental to us. We need to steer clear of it. It's a snare. It's a trap. But in the event that we do slip and and are backslidden, we have Jesus' blood that is available to us to wash us again once more, to cleanse us of all unrighteousness as we confess our sins and God forgives us and he decides to remember our sins no more. 
Amen. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. And because you really are his sons, God has sent the Holy Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Father. I don't know if you realized this, but as you became born again, slowly but surely, you realized that you had more of a desire to know the Father. You may have felt the love of the Father more often now that you've become born again. You feel sometimes when you are thinking about the Lord, your heart becomes tearful and you shed tears. That's the love of Jesus. It's not necessarily because there is a problem with you. You are overcome with the love of Christ welling up in your heart, so much so that you cry, you shed tears. And that's a beautiful thing because those tears can wash away things inside of your heart. So let those tears run. Have this relationship with the Lord that he so preciously purchased for you. Amen. Have this relationship with the Lord Jesus. Have a relationship with the Father by way of the Holy Spirit helping you and giving you teachings and helping you learn the Word of God to learn the Lord's nature. Amen. And remember the all-important verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah. Now, let's pause right there. We already learned above, uh, earlier on in the program, that we are in Him. Amen. So, therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, and you say, well, I'm not sure if I am. Well, we learned before that you are. You are engrafted in Christ. Amen. You have been taken out of the powers of darkness and the dominion of darkness and have been transferred into the kingdom of the Son of His love, according to Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. So you are in Christ. So verse uh, 17 of 2 Corinthians 5 says, Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, which you are, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. So next week, we will be talking about spirit, soul, and body. The difference between the three, what God has changed and what God has not changed when you gave your life to him. And what we need to do now that God has done what he has done in recreating your spirit. Now you are born again. You are brand new. You are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come. Lots to rejoice about. Amen. So please read over these scriptures during the week. And uh, that is all the time we have for today. It's been a blessing to be here and for you to be listening today. God bless you. We thank you. We thank the Lord for you. You are amazing. And we just thank you, Lord, for healing the bodies of these people today from head to toe. We just thank you. I speak life over their bodies from head to toe. And I cast out any sickness, any disease from their body now under the sound of my voice in Jesus' name name. Lord, I thank you. That pain be gone. Legs grow out to be the same length. Shoulders be aligned in Jesus' name. Necks be aligned. Sight be restored. Diabetes be gone in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for peace in our hearts today. Peace in our hearts crying out, Abba, Father. Lord, thank you for being their Father today. Thank you. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. And until next week, You have a blessed week. Amen.